Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey guys, it's Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. It's your girl. We're back, ready for another week. We got a lot of good stuff to throw at you this week. Um, I am so excited about my guest today. I think you will be too. She's super bubbly, super upbeat, just like me, (laughs) which I love. Um, We're going to talk through her book just in a second. She is hanging on the line. I want to tell you guys, thank you so much. For, um, for I feel like I, I do say this every day. I say it every day. Contact us. We want to know what you think about the show. We, we love to hear from you. We want to answer your questions. And y'all do send us messages. Um, we have gotten, I think in the last, I would say, week, um, we have just been inundated with so many uh, comments, questions, um, from you guys, keep that up. I mean, we get thousands and thousands of these, of these comments and questions and emails and all this kind of stuff. Um, and we love it. We have a team on it that is ready to respond back to you. I just want to say, we love, love hearing from you because it kind of, it kind of lets us know where we're at with a daily show. Sometimes you do, sometimes you catch the show every day. Sometimes you catch it like once a month. And, um, we love to, we love to hear from the, um, from y'all that catch it once a month and one y'all that catch it every single day, keep sending us your questions. We're so uh, thankful that God has given us a platform to minister to you. Um, also, shout out to my girl who we were um, buying Easter candy for our kids at the same time at Target the other day. Um, so sweet, so special. I love meeting you guys. I love that half of you guys hear me before you see me and you recognize my voice before you ever know what I look like. I love that so much. I know I'm loud. I'm the one in Target screaming, kids, get over here. Um, we love you so much. So thank you for stopping me. If you see me out or you hear me out, definitely come say hello. We love that. I want to go ahead and get to my guest. Her name is Whitney Caps. Now, um, she has written a book, which I think we were all kind of intrigued by this title as soon as we saw it. She's a speaker for Proverbs 31 Ministries, which I think a lot of people are really um, connected to and are very familiar with. She's a writer for the new Bible app, The First Five. It reaches a million people a day, which that is absolutely unbelievable. Um, but she has written a book. Her name is Whitney Caps. She's written a book called Sick of me. And I think that our whole team, we all, we all, we, we, we look through, um, the different, uh, authors that are offered to us. And we always kind of pick out the books that we, we, that catches our eye. And we kind of agree with as far as, um, the content that we want to bring you guys. We feel like God wants us to bring you guys. And this was one that stuck out to me because uh, I say this all the time. Sometimes I just get sick of hearing my own name. I like get on my own nerves at times, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, Autumn, just stop talking and get with Jesus. Um, so I really love the title of this book. Let's welcome to the show, Whitney Caps. How are you, Whitney? I'm great, Autumn. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be with 
you. I'm so excited to, to for you to have you on. Um, you, just like we were talking before the show, you have four kids as well as I do. Though everyone knows knows this, all of our listeners know. Um, but isn't the Ford kid life like the best life ever? Isn't it awesome? It's a unique sorority for sure. And <laughs> yes, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, you know, God really does have better plans for our lives than we could make for ourselves. Yes. And, uh, mine are all dudes. And if you had asked me 15 years ago before I became a mom if I was going to have boys, I thought, well, maybe a couple. But, of course, a few girls in there to kind of balance out the mix. But I <laughs> joked that I think God was like, honey, you are enough estrogen for any one house. <laughs> so it gave me all fellas. Um, so, I yeah, love I love being a mom, and I love being a boy mom, but there is yeah. a lot of chaos in our world on a daily basis. We, I have, okay, so we're, like, split down the middle. So it's me, my um, 13-year-old daughter. So I have a teenage daughter, and then I have an, a 4-year-old daughter. By the time the show airs, she'll be 4. She's turned 4 on Thursday. Um, and then my husband, my 10-year, 10-year-old son, and my 4-year-old son. And I got to tell you, it is, like... It's just with my boys, with having my husband and my two, they wrestle all the time. They like punch each other. And 100%. It's, and it's like fun. They like throw things at each other from across the room and hit each other in the face. And then they laugh about it. And I'm like, are you guys okay? And they're like, yes, yes we're fine. That's exactly right. There is, there, the thing about boys is, unlike girls, the drama is short-lived. So yeah. my boys can be playing and having a blast, and it can turn on a dime where they get irritated with each other. <laughs> but then it also flips right back. And so we have drama. It's just very short-lived. It comes on really quickly, and then it dissipates pretty quickly, thankfully. I love it. I love it. My, my four-year-old is, I mean, he's a meaty little dude. And um, my, my 10-year-old, I think he forgets that he's four. So like yesterday in the we have a pool. I don't know why they're swimming so early. Like the 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 water is literally thirty degrees, but they they're in there and they love it. And it's my Absolutely. two boys in the pool, and it's like you know my, my I have to tell my ten year old he's four. He's four years old. You cannot pick him up and throw him across like the like he's four. But they don't care anyway. Okay, I love having banter with with moms of four. That's the best. Another thing I love about you is that you're obsessed with ice crunching. That's my favorite thing to do ever. I am. And listen, it used to be, so when I was in college, I, I never developed a, a taste for coffee. And um, so I would crunch ice late at night to keep myself awake and it worked. <laughs> and it just became this habit that I never outgrew. And so, I yeah, um, you know, I have all my favorite types of ice and that sort of thing. So, yes. yeah, I, I, I'm a bit of a connoisseur. Me too. <laughs> That's so fun. When they read that, I'm like, this is Super weird. I just had we were to go, meant to be friends. We were meant to be friends. We're best friends already. I went to the dentist like a month ago, and they had to do this stuff to my teeth. And they're like, now you can't crush ice, crunch ice. And I looked at them, and I'm like, well, then I don't want to get this dental work done. That's right. That's right. Let's just call it what it is. That will never work. I'd yeah, rather I'd have understand. teeth with problems than not be able to crunch ice because it's the best. That's right. But I'm let with me, friend. Let me tell you, Whitney, I do it anyway. I do it anyway. I went ahead with the dental work, and I do it anyway. Okay, let's get to your book. Sick of me. Tell me about the heart behind this book. I think it's super interesting, and I want everyone to know about it. Sure. Well, I appreciate it. One, um, we wrestled with the title for a long time, but felt like it was really kind of the heart of the message. And um, I've been a church girl really my whole life. My dad's a pastor, and so I've loved Jesus a long time. And um, over the last couple of years, I discovered 
that I was doing a lot of the right things, the things that had been ingrained in my brain to do, that the church had kind of equipped me to do. But I discovered that I wasn't experiencing a lot of spiritual fruit or seeing transformation or traction, really, in my Mm. spiritual life. And I discovered through some really hard conversations that I had made my spiritual life all about me. And I discovered it because the things that I was saying when I was talking about my spiritual life were things like, well, I'm not getting anything out of my Bible study, or I just didn't really, you know, church just didn't really minister to me today, or Mm. struggling with who I am in Christ. Things that all sound good, but they were masking a deep spiritual problem, and that was that I had hijacked my Christian life, and rather than making it all about Christ, I had made it all about Whitney. And the realization of that, if I'm honest with you, was really startling to mm. me. And it, 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 it was shocking in a way that I was like, holy cow, how have I missed this? And so the heart of the book is unpacking the realization that I had traded sanctification for self-help. Mm. And so I wasn't anymore pursuing what Jesus wanted to do in me. I was really kind of bootstrapping this thing and in a really subtle way had made it all about me. And it was a painful admission. And so we felt like the title of the book kind of had to be a little bit painful if I was going to be honest about the struggle. I love this. Okay. So I'm a a PK as well. So I totally get that whole vibe. And I kind of, I know I'm like tracking with you. Um, So you grew up in church. You kind of knew everything to say. You knew everything to do. Um, You knew, you knew you needed to go to church. You need to be a good person. You need to follow what the Bible says. What, what was that awakening moment where you were like, oh my goodness, hold on a second. Because I think this is something that maybe is actually, I don't think I've ever heard it talked about that uh, you make your spiritual life about you? And what are some signs that my listeners can sort of do almost a checklist to see if if their spiritual life is about them or actually about growing to be like Christ? Absolutely. Well, let me give you, at least for me, what was the real light bulb moment. And it Mm. was that my life had become gospel adjacent rather than gospel centered. Mm. And the real awareness of that was when I discovered that I was chasing happiness rather than holiness. I wanted to be comfortable more than I wanted to change. And when I looked at Scripture and how God has traditionally worked to make His people live and look more like Himself, and then when we get into the New Testament, for us to actually live and look more like Jesus, that process often is hard. Mm. It walks us through really difficult circumstances. It asks us to say yes to things that are going to make us more holy, but sometimes not necessarily more happy. Mm. And I was resisting a lot of those processes. And I was really asking God, if I'm honest, and this is not the stuff you want to admit on a radio show, but I had kind of reduced God to a genie in a bottle, and when I looked Mm. at my prayer life, when I looked at my Bible study, I was asking Him to bless me, to make my circumstances um, kind of fit the ideal of what I wanted, rather than approaching Scripture and prayer and what God was doing in my life to say, Lord, whatever it takes to make me look more like Jesus, that's what I Mm. want. And so the gospel had become rather than really the end goal, I was using it as kind of a means to reach a goal of me living more happy rather Mm. than more holy. And it was, it was a hard reality. I was having lunch with a girlfriend of mine and I was kind of lamenting all of these things. I just, I don't feel like I'm growing and I'm doing all these things, but I'm just not seeing change. And I'm falling into the same sin patterns over and over again. And I'm just so frustrated and I don't understand. And she reached across the table and 
tender way. She said, you, you have told me a whole lot about you. Why don't you tell me something about Jesus? Wow. And I, it was that <laughs> question that I was like, holy cow, yes, I've spent 30 minutes wow. talking about my spiritual life without once addressing who Jesus is and what he's trying to accomplish in my life. And that was really kind of the catalyst for really this journey that I walked through in the book of what does sanctification look like? And sanctification is a big church word that yeah. just means we are supposed to look more like Jesus today than we do than we did yesterday. Mm. That's the goal. And I was trying to look more like Whitney. I was trying to live out my identity, live my best life, and kind of had bought into this whole idea that we're kind of the hero of our story. And much of the book is me owning the realization that if I'm honest, I'm actually the villain of my story. Yeah. And what Christ is trying to rid me of is all of the residue that's left over from my selfishness mm. and to trade that for that Christ life. And so that's really what the book is about. Well, I won't lie. It's not your cuddly bedtime story. Love it. It was a hard book to live and to write. <laughs> well, we don't like those cuddly beds. I don't think that's real life. I don't think, I think if you have sort of become really comfortable, the whole tagline of our show is bold truth and raw faith because me, myself, yeah. I've I, been, you know, raised in the church, then kicked out of the church and then having to be like, wait, wait, what's going on? Who wait is Jesus? Yeah. What's going on? The church, what, 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 it was, it was kind of a crazy time in my life. I realized, you know, that the church, um, at times, uh, you know, us it, well-meaning will call something faith, when it's really not, we're really controlling the circumstances of it. And we just kind of throw around this world word faith to make us look better. And we really need Moseses that stand in front of Red Sea that are freaked out of their minds, but they're willing to follow God anyway. And Joshua's that march around Jericho's walls, not knowing, are they going to, are they going to crash? Well, based on God's word, they are. That's the, that's the stuff that we really want our Absolutely. listeners to do. And I feel like that's exactly what this book kind of feeds into. You talk a lot about filters in the book, like the filter that we put on Instagram, um, um, how we sort of live this fakeness, which I'm so anti. Um, and, and talk to me about that and, and sort of where we've settled as a culture and where we need to get through, get to. Yeah. Well, I think most people would tell you that they're over the filtered and the fake. And, yeah. and particularly in Christian subculture, we love people who are real and authentic. I would venture to say that's why almost all of your listeners love you is because you are real and you are authentic, and they feel like they really get to know the real you. Mm -hmm. And that is such a virtue for the believer, and I think people are hungry and desperate for it. But I do think we also have to be careful that sometimes we can also let our brokenness become this kind of badge of honor that yeah. we wear and we can lean really far into it. So let me just tell you, that's what I was doing. So part of my self-help with me, well, I'm just going to own my brokenness and I'm going to be really authentic, which is a virtue again. But we can't stop there mm -hmm. because if we lean into our brokenness without acknowledging that the gospel call is for us to be better mm -hmm. rather than just broken, then we've cut the legs out from under the gospel. And so I think real authenticity is saying, hey, this is where I'm broken this is the stuff I'm struggling with, but now I want to invite the kind of accountability and encouragement that is going to push me to look more like Jesus, mm. push me past my brokenness into really being the better version of Jesus in me. And so it is acknowledging that, that we don't want to be filtered, we don't want to be plastic, we don't want to be fake for sure, 
But I think there is also another call out of our brokenness to pursue that better Christ life where we say, you know what, I'm still broken. There's still a thousand things in me that Jesus wants to fix, but I am also getting better Mm -hmm. because the gospel works. And I think that's also a part of the honest, transparent life Mm -hmm. that we need to live out, which is to say, you guys, the gospel actually works. It Mm -hmm. works. This thing that I've given my life to, this thing that Jesus died for, when we live it out rightly, he actually does make us better. I love that. I think um, one of the things I, I I mean, I don't know how much of my story you read up on, but I was I came out of a, an abusive marriage and I started sharing my story everywhere. And then everyone wanted me to share my story. And then all of a sudden, like my brokenness became very comfortable. It was like a place sure. where I could just hang out and everyone I would I would get the sympathy from the crowd and I would get the this and I, oh, I can't believe you went through that. You're such a hero. You're so courageous and all this kind of stuff. And then God, I, I will never forget. God was like, OK, exactly what you're saying. OK, this comfort is great. You've got a lot of sympathy from man, which I mean, you know, this is kind of a form of pride, I think, because I think I kind of wanted it. Yeah, um, now, yeah, now, now, what are you going to do with this brokenness? Mm. What are you going to do with me saving your life and bringing you through that terrible marriage? What are you going to do with it? Um, And you talk a lot about allowing the scriptures to change you. So um, I want you to talk me through that process. Now, this seems very elementary, but it's not. Okay. Um, Looking at a scripture, not, not allowing yourself to be stuck, but allow, allow these challenging words of Jesus um, to penetrate our souls and to change us. How would you do that? How should someone start building a new pattern in their life? What would you suggest, Whitney? Well, let me give you one practical thing that I do regularly now that I didn't used to do, and I think it's made a huge impact in my life. I don't think as a, as a generally, many believers practice the discipline of confession. Mm. Now, I would often say, Lord, forgive me for the ways I failed you today. I want to live more like Jesus tomorrow, and I want you to help me be more like Christ. Okay, that's theologically true, but it's not necessarily theologically beneficial because generic confession leads to generic obedience. Mm -hmm. And I discovered that I wasn't really making traction because I was just kind of saying, well, I want to look more like Jesus. Well, that's really different than when I got to reading Scripture, letting Scripture point out really specific areas in my life where I was being disobedient and not conforming to the image of Christ. So let me give you a for instance. When I began to read passages and talk about wholesome talk and not letting anything unwholesome leave our mouth, I, I remember writing in my journal, Lord, I know that last night when I went out with my girlfriends to that Mexican restaurant, all of our conversation did not bring you honor. And I know that I gossip. Mm. And Lord, I want you to forgive me of the sin of gossip. And the next time I begin to fall into that, that temptation, I want your Holy Spirit to convict me. Yeah. Well, can you imagine what happened the next time my girlfriends and I got <laughs> together and we were tempted to, because, you know, Christian girls do this. Yeah. Let me just tell you what's going on with so-and-so. We really need to pray for her, which is the way that we gossip. Yeah. Make it sound like it's all jesus A prayer request, yeah. And, and that's exactly right. Immediately, the Holy Spirit brought that to mind and mm. bridled my tongue, and I began to see that specific confession led to specific obedience. And mm. so one, just one really practical thing that your listeners can do that I've started doing is naming those specific sins that Scripture brings to light, rather than just saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins, I'm asking God to convict and and change me of specific sins. Mm. And then His Holy Spirit brings really specific conviction. 
And for the first time, I'm seeing actual traction mm. in my spiritual life, and it's been it, I won't it, listen. It is not like being licked by kittens. It's really hard <laughs> and it hurts, but it is changing me, and yeah. I'm so grateful for that change. And that's the difference between self help and mm. sanctification. I'm I, responding to what the Lord is doing inside of me. Yes, the scriptures is so challenging. It demands a response. But it's up to us whether or not we are going to be humble enough. And I feel like this book was was basically a a giant, a giant piece of humble pie that everyone's going (laughs) to going to read and eat as they as they sort of read through it. Um, But but we have to be humble enough to say, you know, I do struggle in that area. You know, I I need change in that area Um, and I need help doing that. I I absolutely love that you said that. I think um, one of the things that you said earlier in the show where you you said, um, I go to church, but um, it just didn't really speak to me today. I feel like I hear that a lot, (laughs) so much. And it's so it's such an interesting thing where, you know, my mind will wonder at times during church. And I go to an amazing church. I love my church. But sometimes your mind just kind of wonders and you yeah. get home. It's like it's not about God's word not speaking to you. It's about you. And were you in gay? Were you listening? Were you trying to be challenged? Or were you just sitting back judging, uh, you know, what the preacher was preaching? That's right. That yeah. That is yeah. absolutely amazing. So what would you say to that person today that it's like uh, it, it just just kind of like the way way you were what are some challenging um things that you can um just encourage them with encourage them to do i know let the word of god change them but is there anything else you would throw out to them well i think the biggest challenge that we all face is um i i, I think we're people who want to have actionable steps or behaviors yeah. if i do this this will happen i have to tell you that the biggest thing i wrestled with autumn was God wasn't looking for me to change my behaviors. He was looking to change my heart. Mm. And so people, I think, would look at my life and say, I don't know that it's dramatically different than it was three years ago before I started this process, but my heart is Mm. so different. And so now, before I go to church, I don't say, Lord, give me something out of it. I say, Lord, I want to pour myself into worship today. And Lord, I want you to change me from the inside out. And so it is that my heart is different because I am more attuned to what the Holy Spirit is doing inside my heart, and I'm responding to His prompting, and I am trying, to the best of my ability, equipped through His Spirit, to have Him at the center rather than me. And so, again, I don't know that my behaviors look different, but when I approach worship, man, my heart is in a different place. When I open my Bible, man, my heart is in a different place. And so I think the way he's changing me is from the inside out. And it is just as much as I can saying, Lord, be at the center, sit on the throne, and you have control of my life. And that's not easy to do. I do not do it perfectly. But when I deal with the internal mm-hmm. issues, I find that the behaviors, man, they, they just, they're so different because they're motivated not by my own self-effort, but by a genuine heart to want to live and look more like Jesus. I love it. You also wrote a Bible study called We Over Me. Talk to me about that. We, we did. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a Bible study for people who would say their relationship with the church is complicated. You know, <laughs> um, church is hard. Yeah. Church people are crazy as much as we try <laughs> not to be. And so if I'm honest with you, I really was kind of ready to bail on the church um, mm. for a whole lot of reasons that I go into in the Bible study. And when I went to God's Word, what I discovered is you can't have Jesus 
but not have the church. Yeah, Jesus is wildly, madly in love with the bride, mm-hmm. um, as jacked up as she can be. And so it was <laughs> me walking through my own hurts and hang-ups and understanding that the call is for me to look at the church the way Jesus looks at the church and what the Bible has to say about that. And so we look at the seven letters to the churches in Revelation yes. and ask God to really reframe how I feel and what my affections are for the church, because I want to love her well because Jesus loves her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Uh, those letters to the churches. Woo! That'll convict so you. So hard. <laughs> I put I put those letters in my first book. The uh the chapter was called the significance of correction because he oh. don't even play in those letters yes. to the churches. Um, His final words were not. They I mean they he like he laid it all out. He didn't pull any punches. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. Yes, and I love it. I love to be challenged like that. Where can where can they get this book? Where can we reach you? Uh, how do we know more about Whitney Caps? Well, I so appreciate that. Listen, you can get sick of me anywhere books are sold. You can get it from um, Lifeway.com, which would be wonderful, but you can get it anywhere. It's at Sam's Club. So anywhere you hunt for books, Barnes & Noble, Target, any of those places. And if you want to follow me, you can find all of my social handles at WhitneyCaps.com. But I'm most active on Instagram and Facebook. And so you can connect with me there, and I'd be super honored. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Whitney. I love this concept. I love this book. I um, I, I feel like it is really going to help people get sort of unstuck with where they're at. Um, it, it would be really re- re- revelatory to those that actually let the Word of God change them. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Autumn. I love being with you. I'm so grateful. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for listening. You can catch a girl right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Miles Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener-supported, and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.